You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey, Happy New Year. I am so excited to be sharing podcast episodes again with you guys. I have been sitting on some really great interviews that I just haven't published yet. So I'm finally getting around to publishing some, and some of these are a few months old, so I apologize, all right? Nonetheless, we've got a really great interview today to share with you with one of our Flip Sisters, Anne, in Oklahoma. She, man, I I don't know the number of times during this interview that uh, I, I got chills. She had some big realizations about herself during this flip. I mean, I can say until I'm blue in the face that it is not about the house flip. And when you hear stories like this one, you get it. It is a prime example of it's not about the flip of the house. It is absolutely about what happens with the person. All right. So we're going to talk to Anne. She's going to tell us all about this property that she bought. It was an auction property. There were some surprises there, naturally. And she'll talk about how she financed it, what her profit was, which was amazing. Her challenges, a major sudden loss that happened at the beginning of the project and some other things. Stay tuned. This is a really great episode. All right. So let's get into it. She's an artist and she was a stay-at-home mom for many years who set out to do this thing and she did it. All right. Let's meet in. So let's just start with you introducing yourself. Let us know a little bit about you, where you are, and a little bit about your background and what you're up to in the world, aside from loving old houses back to life. Okay, I can do that. Uh, my name's Ann. Uh, I live in uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, which is about 40 miles north of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we're just sort of like this island in the prairie because we're like 40 miles from everything. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, but we're a small city of about 36,000. Um, and so it's big enough. I call it the little city that tries really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great little city. Um, I'm originally from New York. I was born in the Bronx, raised, um, about an hour outside of New York city. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. How did you end up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma? Love. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sounds like that kind of story. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, actually, yes, I met Anoki in New York after I graduated uh, from college. And um, anyway, I ended up in a smaller town south of, uh, of Tulsa for 27 years. Wow. Um, Yes. Uh, so back in New York, uh, I'm an artist. I went to art school in, in Manhattan. Oh, cool. Yes. And so the cost of living was so much less expensive in Oklahoma. And that was his hometown. You know, this was his hometown. And he said, well, you can paint full time and raise our children. And uh, that sounded real good to me, you yeah. know, yeah. smaller lower pace of life. And that was good for about 27 years. <laughs> and um, anyway, so love for him brought me to Oklahoma. Uh, love for myself brought me to Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Got it. So, I love that. Yeah. I had to start over. This is five years now. Um, so I had to start over. I've been a stay-at-home mom and a full-time artist. <sighs> no W-2 job. You know, and my income was always supplemental to my husband's. Yeah. Um, and so it was pretty scary leaving and starting out on my own. Health insurance was a big issue. I wouldn't have that anymore. Yeah. I have I have lupus, which is an ongoing in oh, gosh. an ongoing situation. I wasn't even sure that I'd be able to work an eight hour day. Yeah. And, I started trying to find jobs, it turns out that was the least of my problems. I hadn't held a W-2 job since I was in college. You're and, not employable, right? No. Yeah. No. People are like, nope, no. sweeping over. Wow. Yeah. And I've got a degree. You oh know? my gosh. Debbie, wow. I couldn't even get hired to water the flowers at Lowe's. Wow. Hire me to hire to, to water the dead flowers. That's a mm. yeah. So that's humbling. It is humbling. It yeah. truly is. And so um, I met a gal who was showing me some houses, and she talked about real estate. And um, the more I, I, you know, learned about her and heard her story, and then some other stories of realtors, it seemed to me that a lot of women coming from a similar background, we're getting into real estate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we can make our own hours. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're going to get paid for as hard as we work. Yeah. You know, and so I've always been self-employed except for, you know, as a teenager and, and a young adult. Yeah. Uh, I've always been self-employed. So it sounded good. I had some resources that, you know, while I was building, you know, my, my business, I could fall back on, which, you know, it was a safety net. Um, and so my ex and I had owned rental property and we had one home that we uh, decided to flip. It was actually his brother's house and he passed away. And so we went in there to try it and it was in terrible shape you know, the realtor told us we should probably tear it down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But so anyway, and, and it was beautiful in the end, but it got out of control. And I, I didn't have any control over what was going on with it. Although I had to be there almost daily. Sure. You know, to tell them what he was telling me to tell them. So anyway, 
you know, I always thought, you know, if I had done this, I'd have done it so much differently, you know? And so anyway, back up to, you know, I'm, I'm up here in Bartlesville. I've got my real estate license. I'm doing okay, but you know, I'm new and I moved up here with, I knew two people when I moved up here. How did you choose Bartlesville? What was it? So it was far enough away mm-hmm. and I had a couple friends up here. Got it. And, um, so throughout the years, Bartlesville, um, home to uh, Phillips Oil, Phillips 66. Oh. So there's some money up here and there's culture. And so they have a thriving arts community. Okay, cool. I had a feeling it must have been something around that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had taught at the Art Association for 20 years. I'd given workshops. And so I had, I knew people, you know, and then I had really dear friends who lived up here. And so when I had to leave, I, I came up here to stay with them. And they're like, listen, you just need to be here. And so, and I, it's weird because, you know, back in the town I, I was living in, me and my girlfriend, she's another artist too. We'd come up here for art shows and stuff. And we dream about living up here because the houses were so cute and the art yes. community, you know, we, yes. we fantasize about, Ooh, I'd like to live in that house, you know, anyway, fast forward and I'm up here. Isn't it interesting how things happen, how life plays out sometimes it's like, huh, I wouldn't have thought it even though I thought it, but I wouldn't have thought it. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and it just, yeah, it blows my mind. So many things about coming here that were so serendipitous, mm. you know, like I had to find a place to live, you know, and my friend said, well, go talk to so-and-so down at um, the gift shop, which she owned some of my art. I called her. She knew some people who owned owned rental property. Um, the fellow was just about to leave town. When she called him, he turned around, he came back into town. I said, I just need someplace that's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, that is inexpensive and it doesn't have to be big. And if it had high ceilings and great light, that would be awesome. So anyway, he took, um, I met him it was a studio apartment above Frank and Lola's, which is a bar restaurant. Um, it had brick, exposed brick that said Coca-Cola was painted across it. The ceilings were 12 foot high. Oh my gosh. This I sounds know. like an artist loft. It, it absolutely, it was like, it was, it was, you know, it was God. That's crazy. And it was inexpensive. I lived there for 18 months. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. So fast forward, real estate is cyclical. And, you know, I, I I had this idea of flipping houses in the back of my mind. I had no idea even where to begin. Um, but I kept hearing, you know, multiple stream, income streams. Had some, last year I had some horrible real estate transactions. Oh, where gosh. People were threatening litigation. And oh, gosh. It was, months and I you know I was just like you know I am my own boss but I'm catering to these people oh my gosh right they sell you on this dream of come be a real estate agent be your own boss and it's like I don't feel like my own boss I feel like I am waiting for that phone to ring and then whatever it says 
to do, I have to go do it because if I don't, someone else will, and I won't get paid in 30 to 45 days. Absolutely. And yeah. text messages at 2 a.m. Yes. You know? I mean, yeah. Anyway, um, I had found a house on, um, oh, I, it went up for sheriff sale. Nobody bought it. Um, and then it went up for auction on service link. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And there again, it was like serendipity. I started seeing your um, ads book and I'm like, wow. Okay. You know? And so I went ahead and I bid on that house as I had signed up for your uh-huh. trying to get through the modules because I still didn't know what I was doing, you know? But the interesting thing about that is I was the only one bidding on this house. Did that make you nervous? Were you kind of like, what am I missing here? You know, it's interesting. There was never a for sale sign in the yard, Mm -hmm. Um, but I could tell. And it was in a C plus B minus neighborhood. Yep. But tell that someone loved on this house because it had the hardy plank siding. It had the roof looked great. It had vinyl windows. It had a new concrete poured front porch. Oh, wow. A fenced backyard. And I thought, you know, if the inside is even close to what the outside looks like, you know, um, I'll be, you know, it should be good. And it was advertised as a two bedroom, one bath. And I'd, I'd go up to this house and I'd try and peek in the windows, but they had that those curtains, you know, tacked to the side. So you couldn't see it all. And so anyway, um, I bid on the house. It was, um, I bid up to $45,000 and I knew that it probably would appraise for about 80, uh, but I was scared. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I bid up to 40 and I backed off, you know, I said, no, I'm not going to do this. And they called me and they were like, well, can you go higher? And I said, no, I can't go higher. The next week it was back on the auction. Same thing. So anyway, I bid on it and um, I went up to 51 and the same lady called me and she said, I said, I know I'm nowhere near the reserve. I can't be, you know, at 51. And she said, well, there's a threshold, you know, where if you get close enough to the reserve. And I said, well, how close am I? She said, I can't tell you. (laughs) I said, so if I raise my my price, $2,000, would that be good enough? And she's like, can you go just a little bit more? I said, okay, 53 and that's it. And she said, okay. And two weeks later, I had to wait two weeks to find out that they accepted that offer. Oh my gosh. That's a thing dealing with banks, right? Like, was it a bank owned property? Yes. Yes. Oh, their timeline, their time frame is so slow. <laughs> and I'm I'm a now, I want to know now or 24 right. hours, maybe 48, but sure. don't make me wait two weeks. <laughs> right. So I, I, um, I closed on the property, $53,000. Um, I funded it myself, I had some savings and then I had some money in a 401k. And so I withdrew that. So I paid for the house with that. And then I paid for the renovations with, um, with my savings. But so when you close on a, an auction property, they don't give you keys at closing, you know? And so I called the locksmith and I said, you know, would you meet me over at this house? I just bought it. And um, anyway, so 
he meets, <laughs> he's fiddling with the lock. And I said, you know, I've not seen the inside of this house. He's, I said, you may have a crying woman on your hands. So anyway, he opened it up. I was surprised. I was very surprised to see it was in, it looked to be in pretty good shape. The flooring was laminate. It looked good. I was so surprised to see uh, a staircase, a proper staircase going upstairs to an attic. It was advertised as a two bedroom, one bath. I'm like, we're, you know, okay. And so two bedrooms were downstairs. They had opened up the ceiling, put in a proper staircase and built a master bedroom upstairs with a walk-in closet and a full bed. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Yes. I mean, I was just floored and everybody said, well, this is a unicorn house, you know? Yeah. I had estimated about $30,000 for renovations. That was even before I had seen the inside just based on, okay, it's a, you know, it's a 1,258 square foot house. If I had to redo the kitchen, if I had to, you know, how bad could it be? How much? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I thought $30,000. I had some exit strategies. I could have just opened the door, cleaned it up, put it on the market. I could have fixed it up, you know, standard grade, mid-grade stuff, rent it out. Mm-hmm. All of the worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but I was like, I want to do this. I want to flip a house, yeah. you know? So anyway, we ended up um, gutting the kitchen, gutting the bathrooms. No, the upstairs bathroom was fine. Downstairs bathroom, we gutted, um, you know, and then it came down to putting everything back together we kept the floors in the in most of the house, replaced the carpet going up the stairs, put new flooring in the kitchen and, and in the bathroom. And then it was just so many details, you know, after that. Mm-hmm. And so I had a um, I've, I've had a contractor friend who walked me through several properties before, you know, I got involved with the program. And he was so helpful in telling where I was way off on my estimates. And yes. it was wonderful. So anyway, I got the property. He came over. We talked about what we're going to do. And then he tragically passed away. Oh, my gosh. It was a shock. Yeah. He, uh, same age as me, he was 56 years old. He just had a heart attack and, and died. In, oh, in the night. Oh gosh. Yeah, it was it was devastating. It true. Uh, so anyway, I acted as the general contractor. Got it. Um, because I had, you know, being a realtor, I had, you know, plumbers and I had yep. HPIs. And so, and then the extent of the work, I hired a handyman that I knew I also knew from real estate. Hindsight, you know, I probably should have let him go, but I didn't. So anyway, what was going on? Well, I mean, he could do everything. He was a jack of all trades, but his attention to detail was not very good. I mean, like he put the, the, the handles on the kitchen cabinets and they were verticals and they were crooked. And I'm like, how do you, how, how do they, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, every door he hung was messed up. 
Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that's how the flip went. Were there any, um, bad surprises? Like that was a good surprise that you had a whole, whole other level to this home and a primary bedroom and ensuite. And <laughs> were there any bad surprises? This house had been empty for, uh, uh, several years and come to find out that it was a couple that started renovating it and then uh, split up and they both walked away from the house and just they'd go back to the bank, you know? So, but the water had been off and that was, that's great. You know, we had some terrible winters, as you know, had them a year before. Yeah. But anyway, whenever we turned on the water, water started pouring out of the ceiling. Oh gosh. <laughs> You know, it was like, run, you know, turn off the water. So proper lines, the elbows just popped. It's because that's where water sort of settles, you know, is those elbows. And mm-hmm. so we had like three leaks in the wall. Um, so there was some minor sheetrock damage. There was cut three holes in the, you know, in the uh, drywall, in the bathroom. Uh, that was like the only big surprise, really. Oh, good. Did you stick with... Uh, the 30K that you had guesstimated or what did you end up at with your renovation budget? I came real close. I went over, um, I, I spent actually about 32,000 and change. That's pretty um, impressive given that you had, an, I mean, you had an, an entire other bedroom and bathroom that you didn't know existed. So you had, how much more square footage did you have? Um, probably 300 square feet more upstairs. So. I'm curious, that wasn't showing on the tax records. No, the old tax records showed it was a two one. And I'm not, I can't remember what the square footage was, but I was like, okay, one, you know, um, but then it became a three, two. Did you have to pull permits to get it, make it be a legit three, two with the, with the tax appraisal with the city or the county? No, no, I didn't. Um, when it was appraised for sale, the appraiser came in and he just, it was a three, two to him. And so that's what he put on it. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty easy like that. So, so you got, you had an extra 300 square feet, which wasn't just square footage. It was another bedroom and a bathroom. I mean, that's amazing. So what did you, when you initially, you bought this thing, it's a two, one, You've got your purchase price, 53, a renovation of 30. What were you thinking the ARV was going to be for that 2-1? Oh, I was thinking it'd be about 105. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the extra bedroom and bathroom and extra 300 square feet, what did you end up listing it at? So I ended up listing it at 123,000. And I thought... It's not the top end, but I'm going to price it so that I'm going to get multiple offers. And so I, I put it on the market. Uh, let's see, bought it on March 10th, um, finished the work and put it on the market like January or June 6th, something like that. Um, so it took about, it took three months. Immediately I got six offers. Um, and so, but I didn't want to go so high that, you know, it wouldn't appraise. Right. So I was, I was, 
you know, conscious of that. So I, I, I put a deadline on accepting offers and it was like one hour before the deadline. And I get a phone call from this gentleman and um, he's moving from Colorado. He's with his family. He's an older gentleman. They come in. Um, and I said, well, the deadline is this evening. Well, you're coming up. And um, so he makes me a cash offer of 134000 Well. Yeah. Well. And I'm like, okay, I like that. You know? <laughs> right. You don't have the appraisal situation to worry it, about. Exactly. Financing it, contingency. So he was at the house with five or six other family members because oh, they all lived here. You oh, know? got it. Okay. So all had to see it. And then the next day they, um, he came back to look at it again because they were kind of rushed. Uh, this time he had another seven or eight people with him. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so this like buying a house by committee. Right. You know? stressful. And, yes. And his daughter uh, is a real estate agent in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's calling me saying it's illegal for you to represent him and yourself doing both sides. And I said, in Oklahoma, it's not. But I right. had to or I had to copy the information and send it to her so that she would believe me. Oh gosh. So anyway, um, he was going to pay cash, but then he decided that, no, I'm going to, what was that? No, he wasn't going to pay cash. He was going to finance it, but he was going to put like $90,000 down because he just sold condo. And I said, well, that's fantastic because then it only has to appraise for thirty, forty, five thousand dollars mm-hmm. Well, then he decides that he's uh, not going to do that. He's oh, going gosh. to, he's going to buy it outright, but he wants an appraisal. I said, okay. So we had it appraised <clears throat> a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, the appraiser came in and um, anyway, got the appraisal back at appraisal for 135 Okay, and you're under contract at 134, right? Right. And I'm like, fantastic. Right. This this all works. Right. Well, he started him and Han around and um because of stairs and because he was older and because of intense pressure from all of his family about that it was a flip and um and he did inspections and they came back terrific. Um he backed out. Oh man. But I had this appraisal mm-hmm. for 135. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I raised the price of the house, put it back on the market, mm-hmm. and got an offer for I put it on the market at 129.9 because I I just the neighborhood and I just I just didn't want to do it. So I put it back on the market at 129.9 and I got a full price offer. And it was um conventional. And I said, that's fantastic. You know, no second appraisal, you know, no, no having to wait or anything, you know, so got it under contract for that. Turns out it wasn't uh, conventional. <laughs> Is that what happened? Okay. Yeah. Yes. It was, um, I'm not sure the letters, uh, it's an I N T 
I or ITN. It's a loan that they give immigrants that aren't citizens. So for foreign national, right? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, you know, it took, but in the scheme of things, it only took me five months from when I, the day I bought it to the day I closed on it. And two of those months were just trying to get it closed, like just trying to get the sale closed. It was already under contract, but just trying to get through escrow. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, gosh, that's hard to wait that long for closing. Yeah. Um, In my and in my mind, you know, I kept looking for what's my next project going to be. Couldn't take that seriously because I don't even know if this one's closing. (laughs) Right. When did you finally close on that one? August 22nd. Golly. Well, congratulations. Thank you. You did it. You're awesome. Thank you. And so let me ask you, knowing what you went through with the contract, getting it to closing, is there anything you would do differently? Like, did you learn anything around that? piece or is it kind of just part of it sometimes? I think, you know, being a real estate agent, these things happen all the time. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have that experience, I would have been freaking out. Yeah. You know, I really, I knew, you know, I knew we'd get there, but it was just a matter of when, you know, calling the lender every day, where are we at, where are we at, you know, so, um, and as far as doing anything differently, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. You know, it, um, it was chaotic really, but in the end I was able to sell the house for more because that gentleman, the first buyer mm-hmm. did, had an appraisal done. True. Because you had listed it initially at 123. So then Correct. you ended up selling it for 129.9. Yeah. 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 So that's okay. Yeah. It took, it took a little bit longer, but, um, you know, in the end, in the end, it all worked out, you know, and I was smiling on the way to the bank. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what was your profit? It was, uh, $44,900. <laughs> on a $130,000 house. That's amazing. I'm excited for you. That's really awesome. Congratulations. That that's just a fantastic first profit. Oh, uh, you know, it so you know, the whole idea of you know, being my own boss. So when I bought that house and I got it and I saw it and I I you know, I was planning on the renovation, I remember saying to myself, you know, oh crap you're all alone. You have no safety net. You have no husband. You have no one to bounce ideas off of. Um, You know, sister, you're doing this on your own, you know, and then my contractor dies and, you know, um, but then I thought to myself, this is what you wanted. (laughs) You wanted to do this. You have your own ideas. if you don't know something, this group of like-minded women that I met on the internet, 
you know, has got my back. Yeah. You know, can answer any questions that I might have or, you know, just give me a pep talk, you know, whenever I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, just, yeah. So. Isn't that interesting? I love that you made that connection of, I said, I wanted to do this alone. (laughs) Right. I mean, come on. Like you got it. Even though you had us, right. You're not alone, alone, but in, in, in that, in that day to day, you learned that you got this yeah, and you can trust yourself. Yeah, that's true. And you've got your own back. I know you're giving me goosebumps, Debbie. Well, it's awesome. I'm giving myself goosebumps because your story, (laughs) like it's awesome. It's coming from you. It's awesome. It's so, man, this is the flip is great. The profit from the flip is great, but that shift in you that you got, that you can trust yourself and that you've got, you are your safety net. Yeah. Come on, man. That's just, that's what we're here for. And, you know, I, I always had a, a hard time, you know, they, everybody says, well, what's your why? You know, oh, what's my why? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I thought of things while having enough money, you know, this, that, or the other thing. I think that this has given me the freedom to figure out that my why is so about three weeks ago, my mom, my stepfather passed away Mm. in April. So he passed away in April because I don't have a regular job. I was able to go up there for three weeks to spend with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she just fell and broke her tailbone. Oh gosh. Yeah, which is so painful. Oh gosh. They gave her the wrong medicine. She has a bleeding ulcer. It's just terrible. But I was able to go up there and spend three weeks with my mom, Mm -hmm. um, which was always my biggest sort of regret about moving from New York to Oklahoma was how am I going to take care of her? Yeah. You know, when she gets older. Yeah. And so because I had this money, mm. you know, I was able to go up there and spend time with her, get her into physical therapy, um, arrange some home health, things like that. Um, and that's my why. My why is to be able to spend that quality time without having to worry about losing a job. You know, I have a a grandson now and, you know, I, I'm still painting. I'm still an artist at heart. You know what I mean? You can't stop me. So any, with that money, I'm building a studio in my backyard. Oh, I love it. So. Gosh, I talk about chills. So you found your why that's, it was always there. You just, you just hadn't 
been able to put it in, I think, into words yet or really noticed it yet because it, I mean, your mom had to, like, your stepfather had to die and then your mom had to fall in order for all of that to come up. You had to make this big profit in order for all of that why to even come up, right? Right. So, yeah, I get it. Well, I didn't know when I would have coaches that would ask me it, I'd be like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know. But then things happen. Life happens and you are shown your why. It's hard to ignore it once you, once you get it. So, I mean, you know, and my contractor dying, I mean, I like that guy, you know, you know, we were friends and I just thought, you know, the last time I saw him, who'd have thunk, you know, who knew, you know, and I was trying to remember our conversation, you know, and if we said anything meaningful, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know what? The people who surround us that we love, you know, just have to take care of them and embrace them. So anyway. Amen to that. That's a, that's a pretty great way to end things on. I mean, those are just really such great, such great wisdom you shared there. Was there anything about your project or journey that we didn't touch on? I like to make sure people feel complete. No, I don't think so. Um, I, well, I, I think I could have hired, uh, handled my handyman a little bit better, you know, um, noticed what his weaknesses were, you know, I mean, he did some electrical work for me because he said, you know, he used to be back in the day, an electrician. Um, it wasn't anything that required pulling permits for everything he did was wrong, you know? (laughs) And so it was constantly, and he would, you know, nice fella, he'd make good, he'd fix it. But then, so, and the doors and just, there was just things, you know? Right. And and it was not a huge flip. And so I thought, you know what, we're going to get through this um, and we're going to part as friends, you know, but I don't think I'll use him again, you know? So anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. It's one of the toughest ones to learn the let go of people sooner. It's, it's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. But it so- seems like you learned it on your first Flip. That's pretty great. It took me like five years. That was your big lesson on this one, I think. Well, in terms of like project management. Yes. Yeah. Well, you did it. I did it. Yeah. And I couldn't have done it without your program or your help. And you came into my life at just like the perfect time, you know, uh, just everything your program offers and that it's geared toward women. I think is amazing. You know, I listened to, I read Blair's, um, Oh yeah. Story. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I'm so happy for her that she was able to pay off her debt and all of that. Um, nowhere else where you've been able to do it. No, I, I don't, I have no answer. I don't, I don't think it exists unless yeah. it's illegal. Right. But I don't think there's a legal way. Um, <laughs> that exists. Really? I really just don't. So anyway, that's all I got. Well, thank you so much. You're awesome. You are awesome. Thank you.
Thank you for sharing your story. Thanks for hanging out with me today. It was a real joy just to connect with you one-on-one. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. All right. I'll see you in the group. Bye. Bye. I mean, come on. She showed herself that she was her own safety net. That she has her own back. That she's got this. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh my gosh. What a story. What a journey. Thank you again, Anne, for sharing that with us. And you, dear listener, if you are still sitting on the sideline and this story has inspired you to take big action and you want our help, you want us to show you the steps, you want us to walk this journey with you, and you want us to support you every day, that's what we do. Go to herfirstflip.com and schedule a time to chat with us. All right, you can do this. Go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people and places better than you find them, and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.